0: This week on Breaking Badness, today we're switching things up from talking about current events to our favorite cybersecurity and InfoSec books, capped off by sharing what we're currently reading, industry material or not. Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, special book club episode. It's our first book club episode Recorded on November 14th, 2023. I'm your co-host, Callie. Having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card, Fensel, And with me, co-host Taylor, Dewey decimated by Thanksgiving dinner, Wilkes-Pierce. Sean, Sundoku is my middle name, McNee. And last but not least, Tim, outside of a dog, Helming. Welcome, everybody.
1: Hey, hey.
2: Glad to be here. Yes. So, for for everybody to know, Sunduku is a Japanese phrase that means all of the books I have on my nightstand that I haven't read yet. Is that true? They get all of that into four word. syllables. That's yeah. No,
1: three syllables. Oh my that's gosh. That's very efficient.
0: I'm yeah. also so glad I pronounced that correctly. I didn't talk There's about that. There's probably a you German
1: word. It. There's probably a German word for that too, but it's about 6 syllables long, I'm guessing.
3: <laughs> it's eight words mashed together.
1: Yeah.
0: We should have we should have asked Daniel about that too. I yeah. uh, um Tim, is your joke a Marx Brothers joke or your funny? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Outside of a dog, a book is man's best friend because inside of a dog,
0: it's too dark to read. It's too dark to read.
1: <laughs> Correct.
0: Excellent. Excellent, everybody. And I don't I uh, I feel like, you know, no, no offense to anybody. I think I'm just the youngest one on this call or uh, this recording rather. And my fun name is from Arthur. Oh, the
1: car- yes.
0: The cartoon, the musical episode. So, yeah. this Yeah. This is a different format for us, which is exciting. Um, so we thought we would, uh, you know, take a break from, you know, talking about, you know, what's going on in the news to share, you know, our favorite picks for, you know, InfoSec and cybersecurity books. Um, you know, you know, just if if you haven't read these yet, you know, maybe you'll get some some ideas. Um, I will say so I'll go first. My choice is, um, you know, again, I don't know how long I can say. Be, I'm newer in the industry. It's because it's two years at this point. Um, but You're a veteran. I'm a veteran now. I know everything, so I can, I could stop now.
1: You can but, pontificate. Yes. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> but I. So to this point, though, you know, my whole education has been, you know, talking with, with all of you and you know other people in the industry and blogs and and news articles. I haven't really had a chance to, you know, read um, any books, which I'm embarrassed to say until now. Um, but, you know, so we had our friend Alan Liska on the podcast a few times. Um, most recently, um, he was talking about his cybersecurity comic book, which we'll get to in a minute, but the, the actual, you know, book book, um, I received from him as well, um, just because, you know, following him on Twitter slash X, um, you know, he had said, you know, I have an extra copy of Visual Threat Intelligence if anybody wants it. Um, So, you know, I raised my hand and um, I have this free copy of Visual Threat Intelligence, um, an illustrated guide for threat researchers by Thomas. I really hope I'm not going to botch his last name. Is it, would, would you folks know, is it Ro- Rocia or Rocha?
1: Rocha is probably would be, that would be my first guess.
0: Okay, cool. At, Aka um, at Frogger underscore on social media. So we'll, we'll see. Try- there's the
1: easy way. That's the cheap yeah, code. Just I sell should, I, Frogger.
0: I really should have just done it that way. Uh, <laughs> um, are Are you guys familiar with this book? I think it came out. It came out this year.
1: I'm actually not. It sounds fascinating though.
0: It's so. Yeah, I know. Like this is the bad part of this being, um, you know, an audio podcast is that you know we can't show the book reading rainbow style. But, you know, like the title says, it's an illustrated guide for threat researchers. And honestly, I wish I had had this, you know, when I started at Domain Tools. It's a really excellent, you know, all-encompassing guide of, you know, definitions of, you know, what different, you know, different and explanations of what different acronyms are. Um, It talks about the pyramid of pain, what indicators of compromise are. And, you know, of course, you know, it being illustrated, it's very beautiful inside with, you know, you know, interesting fonts and um, graphs and different depictions of, you know, charts and graphs and, you know, just all that fun stuff. So, you know, I like I think this this is a great resource for, you know, people newer in the industry to have. But I will say, you know, in the in the preface, you know, the author did say, like, it's meant for, you know, anyone really like it's it's meant for you know the next generation of security professionals, but it's also meant for, um, you know, people who have been in the industry as kind of like a guide um, to look back on if if you you know need a refresher on anything. So it's you know it's really meant for you know every everybody in the industry in general. So that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, so Kelly, so cool. I'm curious, does this just have like fundamentals and kind of background and stuff, or does it kind of go into like threat actors and, you know, other parts of things people need to know about.
0: It does go into, you know, different threat actors. There's actually a section in here um, called Notorious Cyber Attacks, you know, and it's Notorious Cyber Attacks, Nation States, False Flag Cyber Crime. And it goes into, um, I, I I wonder if this is going to be updated. I'm sure, I'm sure like after a few years, um, it probably will be, but it talks about, you know, the um, Shamoon, the digital inferno, um, the uh, I, I actually haven't heard of this one yet. Not not Petya. Actually, actually, we might have talked about this on our last podcast episode.
1: And I might I mention actually, it. Uh, <laughs> I may or may not mention it myself today. Oh,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh,
2: spoiler alert. It's probably coming later today.
0: Mm, <laughs> And then um, they talk about, he talks about sunburst as well. Um, and he also, you know, talks about these different attacks, um, you know, using the diamond model and um, miter attack as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, hermetic wiper is in here. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool. Like it's so it does kind of go into. You know the the fundamentals you know what is threat intelligence what is an indicator of compromise um what is um the threat intelligence life cycle stuff like that and then i as you go through the book it gets a little more in depth like it builds upon the previous section i think is is how i would best describe it so that's pretty cool nice. yeah that and, i
1: like you're you're selling it well here i kind of want to go and get it
0: well, I got a free copy. Maybe Alan, if if Alan Liska is listening, maybe he has extra ones.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to pay for it.
0: He's probably listening. Um, so I also, you know, um, before we move on, um, or does anybody have any other questions about this book? I just want to make sure I'm not taking up all the time.
1: No, I think you've described it well. Nice. You've, you've made it sound very intriguing.
0: Perfect. Well, um, how do they do it on reading Rainbow? It's like, you don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> Read the book and find out. Um, but yeah, the other, like, you know, just speaking of, you know, Alan Liska, um, it's not a book book, but he recently came out with the first issue of his cybersecurity comic book that I mentioned earlier. And I'll link to that episode of Breaking Badness um, from back in August of 2023, um, where he came on and talked about it. But I, I wanted to include it because I finally, I got my hard copy of it in the mail. And, um, you know, it's, it's you know, the exact, I would say this is the exact same size as a, you know, a typical comic book that you'd go to the store and get. Um, and I don't, and again, it's just like another thing where I don't want to give too much away because, you know, I want, I don't want people to be like, well, I don't have to, I don't have to go read it now because you, because you did everything, but um this is about uh it's called Yours Truly Johnny Dollar, America's Fabulous Freelance Cybersecurity Investigator. Um and um in the episode By the way,
1: um, oh, did, go ahead. Sorry, but did he tell you this story about the the title there?
0: Yes. The backstory. Yeah, ah, yeah. Kind of so fun. so Johnny Dollar um is a character that was in the public domain. Um and um so Alan reshaped the story through the lens of, you know, a cybersecurity insurance investigator. Um, I hadn't seen a character like this, I don't think, in comic book land um, as of yet. So that's pretty no cool. that
1: you don't know. You're not familiar with the whole oeuvre of comic books about insurance investigators. I'm not.
0: Are you? It's
1: <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> a big subculture around that. Now, oh, yeah. yours truly, Johnny Dollar, was a radio show. It was mm-hmm. a serial radio show from probably the 40s or so about an an insurance investigator. I mean, who would have thunk it?
0: I know. He's kind of like, and, and Alan and I talked about this a little bit, like he's kind of got like a Dick Tracy look to him. Like it's very film noir-esque. Like it's like this is a very, like again, an audio podcast, so I can't, show it. Maybe I'll just take some pictures and share that in our show notes if Alan is amenable to that. But yeah, this is just like graphically beautiful. Um, And I I had asked Alan too, like, is this meant just for people in cybersecurity and InfoSec? I mean, he had said it's, you know, not necessarily. uh, But if, of course, if you're in the industry, there's elements that you're going to get more of a kick out of than if you're not. But yeah, this is the first of four issues. Um he's currently working on the second one. I saw the kickstarter for that is uh has already kicked off if uh people want to participate in that. But yeah, the first, like this is, you know, just very cool that uh this passion project of his is, you know, it's come to fruition. I've got this, you know, tangible comic book in my hands.
3: Yeah. I can't I can't wait for the Johnny Dollar Cinematic Universe. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he said it would be very cool, uh, you know, to go to like a comic con or like a you know any sort of con, and somebody's dressed as Johnny Dollar.
1: The artists so, are great. Oh, i mean, yeah. you know, just looking at the illustrations, it uh, does look really good. Yeah, on his Kickstarter page. Yep.
2: Well, you know the the entire concept it does make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. For sure.
1: And it reminds me, I mean, I'm joking about the uh, insurance investigator comic book subculture, but of course it reminds me of maybe you all are familiar with the other, another uh, comic book of InfoSec stuff, which is the Little Bobby comics by uh, Rob Lee, who may or may not appear later on in this podcast uh, in yeah, mention as Maybe
3: well. those can be a part of the Johnny Dollar Cinematic Universe. Oh, right. Yeah. In the Nash multiverse. Up. <laughs> <laughs> in this, the infosec comic book multiverse
0: yeah so th- those are my picks and i realized like i picked very new choices that uh that you all probably are not familiar with yet because they are so new but i just wanted to bring them up and you know promote them because i think you know both are you know well worth the read for you know two different reasons but yeah i want to and again i want to make sure you all have your chance to talk about your favorite books why don't we uh tim i'll kick it over to you what what are you thinking is the top the top book that people in this industry should read
1: well it's hard to say what the top book is because you know i think we're gonna it's safe to say we're gonna cover really good contenders for that as we go through this um but i'm going to i'm gonna sort of cheat and i'm gonna do three but i'm gonna lump two of them together um and so the first one I'll mention is Red Team Blues by Corey Doctorow. And this is kind of a modern noir. It's a good segue from Johnny Dollar because it's kind of got that noir feel to it. And uh, so it's fiction. Um, and I'm going to do two fictions and one nonfiction. Uh, but basically uh, our, our hero uh, is uh, friends with a – he's some kind of a, a tech – Probably kind of a self deprecate, self deprecating genius in technology. And he's got a friend who's also maybe less self deprecating and also a kind of a tech genius who has created a new, uh, uh, cryptocurrency, which is going to change the world, of course. And, uh, uh, it's, it's better than the existing ones in that it doesn't have the proof of work component. So it's much better for the environment than Bitcoin and Ethereum and whatnot. And, uh, and somehow, this guy who created it uh, got the signing keys to the trusted uh, computing enclaves from the major device manufacturers. It's not clear how exactly he pulled that off. Um, and our he, he thought he had stored those incredibly safely, but guess what? They were stolen. Uh, and without those, he can't access his wallet with about a cool billion dollars worth of this new cryptocurrency in it. So our hero. Gets his usual fee of twenty five percent, which the friend grudgingly agrees to, and there begins the uh, the journey. Uh, so he sets out to recover these, at of course, at great peril and adventure to himself. Um, I love the the fact that this is kind of smart noir. It is it's very technical, but it's not tech obsessed, uh, and that's true of the main character also. You know, like he. He lives in the analog world as well and really cherishes what he has in the analog world, even though he's incredibly technically adept. And he's also as a as a protagonist, he's quite imperfect. And I'm reminded of the recent Philip Marlowe movie, which I think had Liam Neeson playing. It was a great portrayal because you know this is the the hero is absolutely not a superhero. And we're so flooded with superheroes these days. Um, these are very flawed, um, very human, very fallible kinds of characters who, nevertheless, do really cool things. And you know, if you know anything about Cory Doctorow, he he has really strong views, which I tend to to agree with a whole lot. Um, he writes about the the tech world that he wants to see. Um, Not that this book is set in that utopia, but it kind of lays out a lot of the things that are are problematic about the tech world that we're in right now. Um, And so, by the way, if you want to know more about how he feels about that, uh, go find his talk from this past DEFCON, DEFCON 31. It was a great talk. Uh, I was there live. It was fun. But, you know, when he's talking about various kinds of technology, and this was published recently, so, I mean, it's right up till stuff that, you know, people are using today. It's not dated at all. Um, But when he writes about technical things, it's not sort of that self-indulgent. I've read books where the authors talk about some technical thing, and you can kind of tell that they're like, look, look how much I know about this really technical rifle or this car or something like that. It's not awkward like that. He's really deft with how he describes these things. And it's it's good for the the newcomer as well as the, uh, you know, people that are very deeply immersed in tech. So that's uh, Red Team Blues by Cory Doctorow. And then the one that I'm pairing with it is called Damon. Uh, and this is older. This goes back to 2006 uh, by Daniel Suarez. And uh, this is also a uh, sort of a, a thriller uh not a who done it exactly we know who done it, but it's how are we going to resolve the problem so there's this uh it, it's kind of about the hubris of the what I would say the the well intentioned megalomaniac he wants to create a new and better world and he writes this uh, incredibly complex daemon, uh, which is going to do that for him after his death and so he dies the daemon starts up it causes all kinds of chaos there's an automated hummer that kills somebody crazy technology and uh our hero is this detective who is uh, <laughs> selected and then framed by the daemon for a uh, killing and and he starts to piece together and understand the bigger uh, implications of what's going on and he's got to exonerate himself as well as help fight against this thing. So, um, you know, he's smart about the technology in a similar way to Cory Doctorow. He, he – I think what's true about both of these uh, authors is they – They have a really good understanding of the technology and they are enthusiastic in some ways about it but they don't worship it it's um and so it that gives it you know kind of a good sense of approachability in my mind so that's a little bit older damon by daniel suarez 2006 check it out it's not infosec specific but it's very adjacent and even though you know those are that's a long time ago by technical uh, standards it it holds up it still reads really fun so i sort of pair those together and then sandworm by andy greenberg and here's one of the ones that you know i think is going to get a lot of people's votes as a, a really <laughs> foundational
0: there was a fight like, we're not in a fight, but like the three of you are like, who's covering it? I want
1: to, I'll to go power. I'll go quick on this one uh, to give... No, don't. You know, go, go long. I was going to say everybody can weigh in on it, but um, this, if you haven't read it, first of all, you know, there's a good chance that at least you've probably read some of Andy Greenberg's writing in Wired. Uh, if you're interested enough in technology to be listening to Breaking Badness, I'm I'm guessing it's a safe bet. You've probably read some of his work and... Sandworm is nonfiction, but it's absolutely as gripping as the best fiction out there, um, and not in a hypey way. Uh, it's just he does painstaking reporting, and then he tells the story in a way that you you know you just can't put it down. Uh, there is a nod to one of our other books that we'll probably talk about today, uh, uh, the Cuckoo's Egg. So, I won't say any more about that, but it it features in uh in Sandworm. And um I know one of the people that's uh that figures fairly prominently in this book and that person holds Andy in high regard. And you you know that's not always true. I mean, there's often between reporters and their subjects it can be a bit adversarial. Um but I think that's one of the that's such a great um uh sort of sign of Andy's respect and standing in the industry. So this book is illustrating, you know, telling us about this, this GRU operation called Sandworm. There are flashbacks to other big major attacks, you know, the Estonia DDoS slash website defacing etc. Attack. Uh, there was a power grid attack in the Republic of Georgia, which was not as well probably publicized as the ones in. Uh, Ukraine, but he talks about Stuxnet. He talks about the DNC attacks. Stuxnet, by the way, he's not attributing to Sandworm, but it it figures in the you know in the history of cyberkinetic uh, action. Of course, Stuxnet's a pretty big deal. Um, the DNC hack, uh, and he he port, he illustrates uh, talks about the GRU in Russia. We talked about it on the last episode. That's kind of their CIA and all the Fancy bear, cozy bear, all the, all the pack. What's a, what is a pack of bears called?
0: Oh, Anybody that's a know? great question.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's one of those fancy terms. Anyway, whatever that is, uh, the various bear, uh, attributed activity groups out of Russia and a lot oh, of oh. luminaries from this industry, uh, you know, figure in, yeah, uh, in this book. Uh, I, I
3: had, sorry, I had to look up what a pack of bears was called. Oh, what but, is, and what, what is, is it? it? I, uh, it's either called a sleuth or a slaw. I hope it's a sleuth. Ah, interesting. Sleuth a, sleuth, a, a sleuth, sleuth of, of bears. A sleuth of bears. That's perfect.
1: weird. I don't think of them as like, as that, that's being their main métier. But what do I know about bears?
2: A, mur- <laughs> a murder
0: of crows works out great. I know. That's, that's, that's so good.
1: Yeah. We could do a whole, uh, a whole other digression on those things. But uh, gaggle, a
3: gaggle of geese.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exaltation oh. of larks well tim tim uh, for
2: this should we just call it a not of bears oh that's
1: that's pretty good yep i could i could go for that yeah so not is one of the big malwares of course that is the work of sandworm and and figures heavily in uh in the book uh, a lot of the luminaries from this industry are profiled in there rob lee from dragos is in there john Holtquist is in there um, just a whole bunch of the folks that you've heard of um, or will hear of soon if you're new to the industry. And, you know, in part of it, when he's talking about the attacks on Ukraine, I mean, he he got he gets incredible access. That's one of the things about Greenberg. He, he really gets in there with. So he puts you right there sitting beside the folks in Ukraine that are trying to defend against these uh, uh, power grid attacks and takes you almost minute by minute through. How that unfolds and so anyway can't recommend it highly enough um you will it's it's a page turner um for sure so yeah so there you go that's um those are my infosec related recommendations and you know i i'm trying not to be greedy here i there's other ones that probably other folks are going to talk about today that i could easily have put on my list as well but i will stop there
0: excellent cool Yeah. And like I know one of the other things that was fun about putting this episode together is um, all of you had so many books that you wanted to share. But I I just really envision we're going to do more of these because I think it's fun.
1: Yeah. So so by the way, since it's a book club, does that mean our uh, our listeners can also become part of the club?
0: Yes, if you're a listener and you're interested in in being part of the club, like, please, you know, shoot us a note. We'd love to, you know, have you. We'd love to hear what you're listening to or reading, rather, or listening to on an (laughs) audio book. And that wasn't a setup. We didn't decide ahead of
1: time that we're going to do. I just, you know, I I thought, well, what the heck? Let's uh, let's open this up to everybody.
0: There's yeah, there's definitely folks that, you know, I see, you know, on social media where I'm just like, yeah, I bet they would they would come on here and talk about, you know, what they're reading or, you know, anything like that. So please, you know, I know we didn't talk about it, but always welcome. Do we wanna- so
1: anyway, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, those are, those are my recommendations and uh, let me kick it over to Taylor and let's hear what you're, what you're going to call up here.
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, I saw the, I saw everyone's list. I thought there's nothing but good books on the, on the list that, uh, everyone put together here. For me, I really wanted to focus in on The Cuckoo's Egg, which is uh, maybe my my favorite, one of these foundational books. I think Sandworm is also really, really, really good. So it's not, I don't know that one is really better than the other. For what, whatever reason, I think The the Cuckoo's Egg, <laughs> maybe because it's, uh, it's such a retro book, it's a period piece, uh, if you will. So, um, you know, for me, that one takes, it takes the cake a little bit. Uh, but you know, Tay, it's like Kukuzeg like created the genre. Yeah, and which is why I think it works really well for newer folks into the field because it is about someone getting into the field a little bit, kind of backing their way into this uh, this whole thing and, and uncovering, um, you know, quite a large uh, cyber operation in the uh, kind of I think mid '80s, right? Mid late '80s, somewhere around, around there, and. Uh, This is, you know, it's written by uh, the protagonist, so it's written by Cliff Stoll, who uh, was an astrophysicist who uh, was working at the Lawrence Berkeley National Labs and found himself assigned, you know, due to having some experience with the computing systems there to kind of a bit of a sysadmin role, and it starts innocuously enough with uh, Cliff discovering a 75 cent accounting discrepancy in the way that they did chargebacks on their kind of multi-user system there at the at Lawrence Berkeley, and, uh, and then you know kind of goes down the rabbit hole of finding a, an international espionage ring, um, you know, targeting not only their labs but plenty of other um, government and military institutions. Uh, across uh, across the world, really. Yeah, seventy five
2: cents. That's a humble <laughs> beginning. Like, yeah, even in nineteen
1: eighty six, that wasn't a ton. It was just three plays of Pac Man.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and for for three Pac Man, like this book, it goes, goes places. In,
3: it's insane
2: where it goes. It's awesome.
3: Yeah. yeah, and you know, because of it's a period piece, it also is a bit of a love letter to. San Francisco and the Bay Area of that time uh, and and Cliff's relationships at the time. So, you know, it's a very, it's a page turner uh, because of the, kind of retro computing aspect of it the you get the screenshots of the printouts right like of of the commands being written in the terminal and and stuff coming back and so that for it works really really well something about this book you won't find i couldn't find it on it's not available as a kindle pdf right so it's only available in uh, i found it in paperback i'm sure there must be hard copies around there somewhere
1: I, are you sure? Cause I could almost swear that I read this on my Kindle. I'll, really? I'll double check, but maybe I they lost the rights ma- to it. <laughs> maybe it comes and goes or something.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's possible. When I bought it a few years back, this you know, uh, it was only available only in paperback, but <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, yeah,
1: be- being uh, back, being from back then in the eighties, it is, you're right. It's so like, there's so much first principles type stuff in it, that, um, even if you're, whether you're new or not to this, it, it lays such a good foundation for understanding, you know, what developed things were so much simpler back then. And yet a lot of the principles are the same.
3: hundred percent. The tactics, techniques, and procedures absolutely correlate to, you know, how we think about defending, um, and how attackers kind of view the networks and, and the people around the networks that they're trying to get into. But yeah, I think for me, that is, uh, that would, that would be my kind of favorite, uh, my favorite one of these InfoSec books, obviously big shout out to Sandworm is really, really good. Uh, The, you know, the, all the, like the materials for the, sands, like the four, five, seven, eight hours, because having read through all of that, that feels like a book when you get through it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think. You know, uh, APT1, another one like I I didn't see this on anyone else's list. And it's not really a book for book club, but uh, the APT1 report, uh, I think, is also still a good kind of place to start if you're looking to get your bearings around these types of things. Yeah. Yeah, By Mandy, right?
2: yeah. Yeah. When I first read that, like I had to like curl up on my couch and like just rock myself to sleep. Of course, after I walked over to my router and unplugged it. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it maybe it's like, hey, it's kind of telling us a little bit of what we might have thought was going on. But it's like, oh wait, the the other side has a has a regimen to this. There's they've got their own Jira boards. That you know, like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. um, oh, if they could just be stuck with scrums, like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Bog them down in in Edmund's trivia. That's how we're finally going to beat them.
3: (laughs) We could claw back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be, Uh. actually, that would make a great comedy sketch sort of premise within InfoSec that, that somebody sneaks in, infiltrates one of those organizations and becomes a project manager that just calls way too many meetings and bogs everything down hopelessly.
3: <laughs> so, you know, in the espionage guidebook, that is that they, that they put out in world war two. That was one of the, like, Hey, if you're, you know, being conscripted to build things for the enemy, you should just do a bad job of it and have lots of meetings.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like a physical DDoS,
3: right? Yeah.
0: Kinetic DDoS. <laughs>
3: Excellent, Tay. Hey? Yeah. Uh, and then you know, for things that I'm currently reading, I'm going to do it at the end. Was, oh, we're going to do that at the end. Okay, Stand sorry. Cut this the out. End. then. Shh, cut sh- this out.
1: But I will say, um, <laughs> uh, now I will it. mention because I just looked at it while while you were speaking a second ago. I'm looking right at the Cuckoo's Egg on my Kindle, so it ah. should be available unless, like you said, maybe the rights went away or something yeah. like that. And your local library might have it on ebook loan that is such an awesome technological development i don't know how many people's libraries have that the seattle public library does and it just rocks Very
3: they do cool. yeah i will say there's something about having the physical copy of it with all the, the terminal printouts and stuff that's kind of fun <laughs> cool well yeah. um do we want to kick it over to sean for his
0: favorite or yeah. top books
2: yeah i'm i'm happy to take over um, yes like I, I have a favorite, but I also have one that I think is just super important. So I'm just gonna say very quickly, my favorite right now that hasn't been mentioned is Countdown to Zero Day, which is a book that talks about Stuxnet and kind of goes into that in details and Iran and Centrifuges. And it's it's awesome. You should all read that. It's just like Sandworm, but you know, different different take. But the book I wanna focus on is Dark Territory: The Secret History of Cyber War by Fred Kaplan. Oh, this came out uh, 2016, 2017, and it is a history, um, as the title suggests, of the United States and how it's viewed cybersecurity, cyber war, cyber capabilities. It goes all the way back to the beginning with Reagan and how they actually coined the term cyber, where it came from. It goes through concerns about what actually happened. Then the mystical, a cyber Pearl Harbor could happen, which is trying to energize everybody. I actually went through then specific actions the US government took. So the eligible receiver where they try to do some red team, blue teaming exercises. And then to things like Moonlight Maze, where we discovered that, oh, maybe the Russians are trying to get into our networks. All the way through to defining cyber war and the change in definition of cyber war. Does it mean to block your information access of your opponent? Does it mean to do kinetic damage? Does it mean to Yep. add cyber capabilities to existing like kind of changes and definitions and actually goes all the way up through and ends right about with Stuxnet. So hence why I brought up countdown to zero day, because it kind of starts from there and moves up through, you know, the mid-20 teens, 2014, 2016. Um it is a dark territory is a remarkable history that kind of catches you up to speed on 20 25 years or more of kind of what's happened and to me it's like you know book number one although callie after your illustrated guide recommendation maybe this should be book number two or history book number one for where i would recommend people to start reading so that's why it's it's got to be on my list
0: maybe i should read that next after finishing this visual threat intelligence that sounds like the next place for me to go
1: where does that figure, Sean, in terms of the scale of uh, curling up in a fetal position on the couch after reading it?
2: Well, it it drops so many small things because it goes after so many different changes. So like, you know, it talks about solar sunrise, moonlight maze, buckshot Yankee, um, the Aurora generator test, which oh, if you guys don't know about that, that was crazy. The Aurora generator test was when um, some people in the Department of Energy. Oh, I want to say. Oh, no, I want to get this wrong, and somebody's be like, Yeah, it was at
1: one of the national labs in Idaho, I think.
2: Yeah, and they, they set up a generator, and they had somebody from five miles away hack it, and had people watch the generator as it literally self destructed to be proof of look, you could use cyber to do kinetic um, things, which is then precursor to Stuxnet and NotPetya and, and everything else we've been talking about.
1: So that is also covered in uh, sandworm by the way. So yeah, it's, uh, that's a pretty famous event,
2: but, uh, you know, dark territory is just full of all of these, you know, kind of super interesting, important events as it relates to, uh, the United States, United States military and kind of its cyber capabilities. So it's like, I need to know a little bit about X, Y, Z. Well, it's got a chapter on it. So yeah, that's my, uh, First book choice. Cool. Excellent.
0: Well, is there anything else anybody wants to share before we go into what we're currently reading, whether that's uh, cybersecurity or infosec or not? Do we, want, do we want to head into that territory? I'll take that silence as tacit compliance.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay, so we'll go back. We comply. Back- yeah, I'll go back around to to myself for what I'm currently reading slash recently finished. So uh I don't know what the crossover is between those in the cybersecurity, infosec industry and American girl. Uh, but I grew up as a big American girl, girl. So um and that took a big uh resurgence, you know, during the pandemic for, you know, nostalgia and everything. So uh, for light reading, I like to listen to those audiobooks. books. It's very good stories for especially like if you've got like a daughter, uh, a niece or just, you know, a young girl in your life. You know, it's all about like how, you know, young kids can young girls especially can make a difference, uh, you know, despite, you know, whatever time period it is. Um, so that's that's something that I like to do. Um, and then I am on the celebrity memoir train right now. Um, I was on the wait list for the Britney Spears um autobiography. And I was on the wait list, it said it was gonna be 24 weeks, um, and the Libby app. So while I was waiting, I listened to Jessica Simpson's story, which was <laughs> fascinating. And then um, and then I it, it was not 24 weeks. So I finished the Britney Spears memoir as well, which was um very uh interesting you know like these are two pop stars I grew up with so it was just you know you think you grow up thinking one thing about you know their lives and you know then you find out things are very different than you thought they were so and things are a lot harder um than you could ever really imagine so if you had a if you haven't had a chance to read and or listen to the audiobooks Jessica Simpson reads her book um and then Michelle Williams does an excellent job reading Britney Spears book so those those are my two picks right now and then I'm also listening to John Stamos book from Full
3: House
0: (laughs) he doesn't dwell on Full House as much as I would have liked but it's yeah (laughs) have have mercy
3: you know what I bet he's saving that (laughs) for another book.
0: I would listen to that, too, or read it. I'm a big audiobook person. i like I like being able to listen uh, while I'm doing other stuff. So yeah, those are those are my picks. What about you, Tim?
1: Okay. well, I'll do let's see. I'll do one that I recently finished and one that I'm still reading. So the one that I recently finished uh, was called Yellowface by R. F. Quang. and uh, I probably pronounced that terribly. But uh, this was a really fun book. It's a satire. Uh, uh, It really skewers the publishing industry uh, in a way that I uh, found sort of horrifying and delightful at the same time. (laughs) But essentially, the uh, protagonist is a a young author who has struggled to find success, uh, but is friends with a fabulously successful author. I think they were classmates in college. And the a uh, fabulously successful author dies unexpectedly uh, right in front of our protagonist. Um, the protagonist didn't have anything to do with it. but uh, But then she notices a manuscript that her successful friend had just completed and nobody knows about it. So she decides to pass that off as her own work and shall we say complications ensue. <laughs> and what's fun about it is that as at each turn where she has the opportunity to maybe kind of save face and dig herself out of the hole she's dug she just doubles down and digs deeper (laughs) and it's so you're kind of you're really cringing a lot through the whole thing but it is very entertaining and uh like i said enlightening about uh, the publishing industry which maybe isn't quite as squeaky clean as we might believe it to be no i don't think any of us believe that to be the case but anyway so that's yellow face rf quang and then the one I'm still in the middle of uh I, you know i you'd think from what I've talked about today that I do nothing practically but read who and that's not actually true, but this one uh is called Night train by martin Amis Amos ami i don't know how you pronounce his last name a m i s um and this is a this is again a kind of a noir style who done um that sends up a little it's it's sort of satirical but sort of serious i think and uh um it's formulaic only to the extent that that's helpful i guess i would say but um but there's a lot in it that's kind of clever and unique and uh um so uh and it unlike the other ones that i talked about where actually everybody you knew who done it at the beginning in this one you truly don't and uh so our protagonist goes through the process of of doing that, um, but it's very atmospheric. It really the sense of place, and uh, and the personalities are really well drawn in this book. So I'm finding it super fun. I don't know how it comes out. I'm in the middle of it, but uh, anyway, that's I think that's a fun one. Uh, Night Train by Martin, however you pronounce A M I S.
0: Was it anus?
1: I think so, probably.
0: Nah. Now I'm th- now I'm double. Now I'm thinking a- Amos. Well, if
1: I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> well if, Martin, if you're listening, please send us uh, a correction on that.
0: We are so sorry. <laughs> what about you, Tay?
3: Yeah, currently reading or haven't have recently read. I have recently it's reread, but uh, a book. Uh, called *The Amateurs* by David Halberstam, which is about uh, some folks, uh, some rowers trying to get into the Olympics um, back in 1980, uh, which is just really good. Again, it's another period piece, and I was a rower, so it's particularly, uh, you know, interesting for me. <laughs> um, and then more recently, I'm in uh, this book called First Casualty* by Toby Harnden, which is. Uh, recounting the first folks with the CIA to go into Afghanistan post 9-11. Uh, kind of their experience is there and then it seems like it's going to keep going on uh, <laughs> as there's quite a bit to cover there.
2: Cool, cool, cool. And what about you, Sean? Uh, I recently finished uh, Kafka on the Shore by Hakuri Murakami. Um, it's like a mind-tripped novel. It's It's awesome. Uh, It's got a main character, it's a 15-year-old named Kafka, and uh, he runs away from home and is trying to figure out what to do because he's got a famous dad, and there's this whole interesting story. And he talks to a guy, a boy named Crow, who um, you always kind of figure out who exactly Crow is, right? So this this book kind of gets into what it means to be alive versus dreaming. And then the other half is a story about an old man named Satoru, um, who... Uh, had an incident when he was a child and may not quite always be there, but he can talk to cats and cats provide him interesting information. And so there are spirits that can move around. And it kind of does this fantasy magic realism to kind of get metaphysical and ask, you know, what is the nature of the world? Um, there's also, it's like a love story to libraries and classic music. Like it's, it's awesome. It's slightly edgy, so it's I can't recommend it for everyone. There's you know some violence, some sex, stuff like that. But it's, it's a great book.
1: I can second your recommendation. I read that a few years ago, and I loved it.
2: You had me at
0: people who can talk to cats.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um, oh. Yeah, and then you know my my nonfiction. Um, I'm getting ready to start, but haven't started yet. But I'm looking forward to "The Hacker and the State" by Ben Buchanan. And I'm looking forward to it because Ben Buchanan, he's a professor at Georgetown, but he's currently at the White House right now as an advisor uh, on um, AI and actually helped write the trustworthy AI executive orders. So, you know, Ben studies the intersection of, you know, uh, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence. And, you know, so I'm looking forward to this Hacker in the State book. It's going to be good. Very cool.
0: Um, My choices were the junk foodiest uh of reading material out of all y'all <laughs> Well
1: good. there's a place for you know all of the uh chefs at the finest fine dining restaurants have their junk food indulgences so you're in good company there very for true.
0: sure Very true I'm just yeah I'm just like wow um okay very different picks
2: hey, From <laughs> Kelly as 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 a full member of the free britney movement like I I fully approve of your book list Are
0: you going to are you going to read the book
2: Uh I, I'm very interested to read it. You After should. hearing some of the stuff that, that dropped from it, Like I'm like,
3: oh, yeah. You should. I'll, I'll wait for the movie. You should.
0: I just like, I've been, it's been, the like, fun part of it is like texting with pe- people I haven't talked to in a while to be like, are you reading this? Have you gotten to this part? It's crazy. <laughs> so before we, we sign off for today, I thought it would also be fun to share um, your your pick for your favorite local bookstore. Um, so I'll I'll start, and um you know just as a reminder, if you're um yeah a frequent listener of the show, or if you're a newer one, I'm from the Cleveland area, and my pick is Visible Voice, uh, which is in Tremont, a cute little neighborhood in Cleveland, Ohio. It's named after um a line from the Replacement song, Alex Chilton. It's very cool. They'll source any book for you. Um, It does require some patience. Like sometimes you just have to wait like a little longer than if you were to, you know, buy from online or, you know, just, you know, any like a books a million type thing. I recently sourced um, honey cake and latkes recipes from the old world from the from Auschwitz Birkenau survivors, which is really interesting uh, um, cookbook. Um, I haven't made anything yet, but I figured I'm like, if, if I'm going to source one book, um, it has to be this one. So um, I'll let you know how that goes um, cooking wise. Um, and then what's really fun is for a fee, anybody can rent out the space because it's a smaller little bookshop. It's above a pizzeria. another It's a local restaurant as well. So you pay for the space um, and then you, can, you get pizza from... The pizzeria downstairs and a local bakery also provides desserts, which is really fun. So that's something they started in the during the pandemic that they've kept up, which is really fun. Tim, do you have a what's your top pick for a local bookshop?
1: Well, I'll say so. I'm I'm in Seattle and we are blessed here in Seattle with a number. There, there's a bunch of good picks that I could have made. Um But I will mention one called Third Place Books. And uh, they, I can't remember if they, I think they have a couple of locations in Seattle, but the one that I'm most familiar with um, is in a, they, gutted a former grocery store and completely remodeled it in a very modern, very warm, it's kind of got a Scandinavian modern vibe, a lot of wood and and whatnot. And so it's a beautiful space. And similar to what you were saying, Callie, first of all, they can get anything for you. um, And the staff is super friendly and helpful. And secondly, there is, if you go downstairs, there's a very nice pub down there. um, And they've got uh, good food and good beer on tap and all kinds of nice stuff like that and so uh I don't know whether you can rent that space out that's kind of a cool idea but it's uh it's a place I enjoy spending time and uh so that's if you're in the Seattle area go to third place books and if you're not but you'd like to support local booksellers I'm sure they'd be happy to ship it to you wherever you are and so uh, I will uh kick it over to Taylor and see what you have to say
3: Yeah y'all had a lot of good Seattle book Store recommendations, so I I went with just a little south of us down in Portland. If you've ever been to Powell's Books, uh,
1: mm, in yes, downtown
3: Portland, I think that is uh, a, a must see if you are into books and in the city of Portland. <laughs> oh. Excellent, it's like choice. one of the
1: biggest small bookstores, right?
3: Yes, it's huge. Yeah, uh, you know, but yeah, it, it's a great bookstore. If you can't find something there or what you're looking for there, I'm sure they can find it for you. But yeah, uh, a great place to check out
2: cool thanks tay what about you sean Uh, i'm going slightly different uh i'm going to talk about the oldest independent science fiction bookstore in america
0: okay founded
2: in 1974 located in minneapolis minnesota uncle hugo's oh cool Uh, yes um it is a phenomenal bookstore it is uh, in the Uptown area. If you are in the Minneapolis area, you should go and check it out. It's now got a a, a buddy next to it, Uncle Edgar's, which is a mystery bookstore. It's not the oldest mystery bookstore, but, you know, it's, it's still really cool next to Uncle Hugo's. Um, yeah, you should all go and check it out. They have a lot of people come through to do signings. Uh, if you love sci-fi of any kind, they can help you find it, so...
3: Was yeah, it, is it uh, Victor Hugo? Is that the uncle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I hope
1: so. Well, the Hugo Awards are the sci-fi awards, right? And yes, they I are. I don't remember which Hugo those are named after.
2: Yeah, that's
0: really cool. Though, I'm it, Minneapolis has been on my list of places I want to check out. So I, if I go, I got to go there.
2: Very cool. Yeah, yeah you do.
0: Well, thanks, everybody, for for joining me today. Uh, you know, it's great that we, we got we've been talking about this for a little while. We got finally got to, you know, it came to fruition. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of books that we had on our list that we didn't get to. So I, I'm assuming we'll probably do this again. So um, so that'll be fun. Stay tuned for those. And again, um, to echo, you know, what we talked about a little bit. During the episode, if you're listening, um, you know, if you'd like to talk about books, you know, especially, um, you know, InfoSec and cybersecurity books, we'd love to have you. I think I'm sure a lot of our previous guests would love to come back and talk about books, too. So I'm going to reach out to them. (laughs) So, um, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, please come back next week for another probably regular episode of Breaking Badness.
1: Thanks, everybody.
3: Thank you. Thanks,
1: y'all.
0: That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at domaintools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com/resources/podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badass. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.